Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After Nine with Scott and Cat. <laughs> we uh, we do not agree at all on something we're going to discuss in a few minutes. First, welcome to another edition of After Nine. I'm Scott. That's Cat. You are awesome for downloading. Thank you. Um, brutal accident this morning on the QEW heading towards, I don't know if it was Niagara bound or Toronto bound. It was Toronto bound. It was horrifying, Scott. I mean, I hate when I hear stuff like this happening. This is seriously so out of this um, driver who was killed on the roads this morning's control, really. It was wrong place at the wrong time, right? Basically, um, there was an excavator working construction in the area. It's just before, just before you approach the bridge uh, eastbound. And... I guess at some point the excavator clipped onto something on the overhead sign. We all know those highway signs in the overhead. And it came crashing down. And it, the driver who was approaching the sign, approaching that area, d- could not and did not stop in time and crashed right into it. Fatal collision, died, uh, I believe, instantly. Um, and uh, You should see the just, wreck of the car. Uh, it is destroyed. It's brutal. It's, it scares the sh- – honestly, it scares the shit out of me when I hear stuff like that. It really well, does. You used a great term. It's control. And when you're driving your car in optimum conditions, you're in control. Something like that is completely out of your control, and it could happen at any time, anywhere. What are the odds that that driver happened to be in that spot – as somebody did something as stupid as taking out an overhead sign, and then you crash into the sign after it fell onto the road. It's horrible. It's right up there for me with loose tires. Tires yep. flying off of trucks or cars. Great example. Coming right towards you. And you you, you know, you think you might have time to stop or something, but in those moments, you usually don't. The lucky ones come out alive. Um, unfortunately, it was not the case for that person. So, ugh, I'm, uh, ugh, I hate looking at those images. Super sad. We're going to talk about sex clubs in just a few minutes. Uh, And before we get to the part that we disagree on, it has to do with the vaccination rollout and this, in my estimation, outrageous request from the mayors of Peel and Toronto. Before we get to that, uh, guys, there's no risk of a tornado in Ontario today, but I know Environment (laughs) Canada fucked up and sent out (laughs) a tornado warning. Probably scared the shit out of some people that were just waking up. I get the alerts on my phone and it's like, bling, bling, tornado. I'm like. Where? Not here. <laughs> what, what tornado? What the fuck are the you fuck? talking about? And uh, and then obviously the first thing I do when I see something like that pop up, I check Twitter. And I check Twitter right away and a lot of people had the same question. What the fuck is this? And I, as soon as I went to Environment Canada's website, it was gone just as fast, Scott. Like whoever did it, hit a button or uh, flipped a, a switch. I would assume you'd have to go through a lot to, to make that a thing. But w- whatever the person on the other end of their website or alert system did they did it and it was gone just as quickly so i uh yeah we don't we aren't expecting one but i wonder if they were trying to set up or they assumed it was a test and something malfunctioned with the test because apparently there might be tornado-like conditions or potential for tornado-like conditions in some parts of southwestern ontario tomorrow Yeah, I mean, I'm not a meteorologist, but I see maybe like a 10% chance of really active weather tomorrow. I mean, it's weird. There's a massive swing in the weather today. So, for example, in Toronto, the high today, what do we got here? The high today in Toronto, the GTA, 13 degrees. It's going to be like 29 degrees in Windsor, a three-hour drive from Toronto. 
That's a massive swing, 16 degrees. But it's just warm weather that's in the U.S. Midwest, and it's just creeping into Ontario. And and that's why the southern parts of the province are warm, and it gets progressively colder as you drive further east towards the GTA. A strange day. It's going to be similar tomorrow. Unstable weather. Uh, As of today, though, there is no tornado warning. Somebody fucked up. Yeah. I wonder what kind of a meeting there is yeah. today at Environment Canada. Like, do they call the person who sent that warning in and say, hmm, so you made a bit of a mistake there and freaked out the entire uh, southwestern portion of the province? Yeah, thanks for that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is an easy mistake to make. And if it is, they got to make sure that they fix that. But even like the Weather Network, even they tweeted shortly afterwards, tornado warnings that were issued this morning for southern Ontario were in error. There were no current tornado warnings in place. We're in contact with Environment Canada to determine the cause, ECC, uh, ECCC Weather ON is the official Twitter account for Environment Canada. And they have not even tweeted at this time that we're doing the podcast. They haven't even said anything. They're not saying a fucking word. So strange. So weird. So, so strange. Uh, quickly here, it is National Prime Rib Day. And I'm going to do a plug for a restaurant that I love, but I haven't been to in over a year because of the current pandemic restrictions. But for National Prime Rib Day, they have curbside and maybe even delivery, but definitely curbside. It's called Aristotle's. It's in Mississauga. When you order the Aristotle cut of their prime rib, they're basically going to put like half a cow in front of you. Mm. It is massive. And they're horseradish. I'm a horseradish fan. And I try and get it as crazy hot as possible. Um, They have really good stuff. It's homemade. So. If you're looking for good prime rib on National Prime Rib Day and you're in the west end of the GTA, look Mm -hmm. up Aristotle's in Mississauga. Great place, family business, and they are open. So there Uh, you go. I will make a mention of one if you're listening from the KW area and something like that tickles your fancy, but you're too far away to do a a pickup there. Golf Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. Golf Steakhouse. So good. And uh, that's the spot I would definitely go to for prime rib. All right, let's talk about um, something that really pissed me off yesterday, and it has been for a while when it comes to this vaccine rollout. I don't think there's anybody who thinks this is going well because there's a lot of technicalities. It's very, very confusing. Uh, if you're over this age, you go to a pharmacy site, and if you're, you've got a pre-existing condition, you go here. If you're a teacher, you go there. It's really, really, really fucked up. It's not and, good. It's not no. good. And I think every, I think you're right. Everybody agrees on that, at least. You know, we can disagree with all kinds of little things in between, but we all agree there's a massive fucking problem with this rollout, if you want to call it a rollout. It's not. And, and, you know, I mean, we've been on this for months now telling them, here's how you can make it simple and easy and effective for everyone. They didn't listen. So now everybody's confused and pissed off. And now to add to it. Yesterday, Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie sent out a tweet saying she demands 50 percent of the vaccines that are in Ontario get sent to the hotspots. And she is talking specifically about her region and Toronto. She wants 50% of the vaccines we do have going to Peel and Toronto. And, and there's no shortage of, of doctors now that you can find running around saying things like, you got to put out the fire in Peel and Toronto. It'll be better for everybody overall. You agree with that argument? Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm fully okay with that. Do you want me you to know, explain why? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Explain why, and then I'll take a crack at why I think this is a bad idea. 
Well, I mean, if you take a look at the numbers the last, let's just look at the last three days alone, okay? So April 24th, 4,094 cases, 1,191 of those in Toronto, 1,014 of those in Peel. Okay, next day, April 25th, 3,947, 1,100 plus in Toronto, 901 in Peel. Yesterday, Ontario reported 3,500, just over, cases, 1,015 of those in Toronto, 909 of those in Peel. So that's over three days alone, like over about 6,200 of those 11,000 cases were from those spots. So if you get rid of those high numbers, Ontario will flatten out a bit across the board. At least we'll be kind of on a little more of an even playing field. You assume if vaccines get in arms quick enough, that will help drop those numbers. And then we're even. And what do you get when that happens? Reopenings across the province. Because there's not going to be a case where they're going to open up where you're at. They're going to open up Milton, but Mississauga is going to be closed. They know exactly what's going to happen if that happens. Because those numbers are high, they're going to get the shaft again. Those businesses again. Unless they control the spread in those hot areas, then there's a, okay, there's a consensus of maybe, guys, we can all go into red together here because we've got these hot spots under control. And we're given what we're given. I mean, it sucks, and this is the only supply we're dealing with. We have a limited vaccine supply, yes, and it's horrible. That issue should be answered to at the next election. Yes, indeed. Nobody wishes this supply situation was better than me. Trust me. I'm so far down this list. I think your fucking dog, Scott, is probably higher on this list than me to get a vaccine. So nobody wishes we had more than I do. But you can't get anywhere with wishes. You have to work with what you're given. These hot spots are in need. I truly believe it. Let's give it to them. Let's even the playing field across the province because then we're going to be able to reopen as a whole across the entire province. Yeah, I mean, I understand the argument. I really do. 80% of the cases in Ontario are coming from 20% of the province was the last stat that we got on this. Toronto and Peel are a disaster when it comes to COVID infections. And it could be for a lot of reasons. I don't think anyone wants to talk about those uh, in the leadership in Peel. But let's be honest. There are uh, a lot of manufacturing facilities. There's a lot of warehouses. There's uh, all sorts of things with essential workers. And Peel would have you believe that they, for some reason, have more essential workers than anywhere else does. And, you know, I'm looking at, uh, well, let's use Amazon as an example. Amazon's got fulfillment centers in many different cities, not just Peel. Uh, there's food processing plants in Peel. Oh yeah. Maple Lodge farms. Yeah. Fuck. Got to get the chicken good. I mean, there's food processing plants all over the place. In fact, Cargill in London just got shut down last week because they had so many infections and, and, you know, in Peel, there's a lot of residences where there are multiple families sharing one dwelling. We know that happens. There are, Uh, A lot of people in a relatively small area. That's another argument that I've heard for why Peel and Toronto should get priority vaccinations. 50% of the supply is what they want. I mean, I'm I'm bewildered by that number. But, uh, you know, Peel just, just last weekend started using an authority they've had since day one. They're shutting down places where there's infection, essential or not. If there's more than five infections mm-hmm. in a two-week period, the business gets shut down for 10 days. They could have been doing that all along. And listen, I sympathize with you if you happen to live in Peel or in Toronto because you've been in lockdown since November when the rest of the province was 
for a brief time reopen. But I'm also thinking about the rest of the province that got sucked back into lockdown because Peel and Toronto never reopened. And and the spread never really did get under control. That's why they've been in lockdown since last fall. And that affected the rest of the province. And now what's happening? Now what's happening? We've got uh, hospitals all across Ontario that are getting overrun with patients from Peel and Toronto. And, you know, we have an Ontario healthcare system, not a Peel health system or a Toronto health system or a Halton health system. It's an Ontario healthcare system. So I understand if one hospital's full and another one has some room, you can move patients around. Okay, I don't know why we're not using those field hospitals that we built a little more than we currently are. I'm not sure why we're flying a patient on Orange Air Ambulance from Toronto to North Bay for treatment when there's a perfectly good field hospital in the parking lot at Sunnybrook. I don't understand why we're doing that, but I guess they must have their reasons. When it comes to the vaccinations, though, you know, Peel and Toronto, as much as I sympathize with you, we're all sacrificing Because the spread never got under control where you are. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I just have a real problem saying that a life in Peel is more valuable than a life in Waterloo or Niagara or Simcoe, Muskoka or London, Middlesex. And if you take away half of the vaccines that should go to KW, Muskoka, Middlesex, London, Niagara, wherever, you take away half their vaccines to put them in the hot spots. You're taking away what could save their lives. And, and again, let's not pretend that there's only essential workers in Peel and Toronto. There's essential workers everywhere. There are warehouses and fulfillment centers and food processing plants, and the list goes on all over the place. If you guys want more vaccines available, then we need to rethink the whole fucking thing. We need to go back to the basics. We did the old people Great. The old people needed to be done. And we're seeing the results from that far, far, far less deaths and outbreaks in long term care homes and congregant living living settings. That's great. That's what we want to see. Are we doing essential workers or not? Because it sounds like the way the mayors of Peel and Toronto want to do this is they want to do their essential workers. They want to do their priority postal codes and fuck the rest of Ontario. Mm. And don't get me wrong. I understand if I'm Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton, my job is to look out for the people that voted for me. And if I'm Bonnie Crombie in Mississauga, same thing. John Tory in Toronto. I get it. You're trying to fight for vaccines for your people. And I'm really wondering why the mayors of some of the other cities aren't standing up trying to look out for their people. I want to know why those mayors aren't standing up saying, hey, listen, I understand you guys have got a problem there. But you guys have the ability to stop your spread right now if you want to make the tough decision to shut down where the cases are coming from. In the meantime, though, we're not giving up half our vaccines so that you guys can can just start vaccinating randomly different postal codes. I mean, vax hunters today. Let me just make one more point. Uh, Vaccine hunters on Twitter who are just great. I mean, I half wouldn't mind getting them on the podcast at some point soon. They sent out a tweet today. Brampton, 40 plus walk ins, no appointment required. Bramley City Center, 25 Peel Center Drive, hundreds of doses, no lineup, pre registration not required. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, I guess, that some people that thought they were going to have to wait 
are getting an opportunity to get a shot. But frankly, we have absolutely no way of verifying that the people who show up for this clinic and get those hundreds of doses, which are a hot commodity, we don't know that they need it. We don't know if they're, they could be working from home and live alone in a perfectly safe situation. Why are they getting a shot before somebody whose front line can't distance working in a food processing plant in Hamilton? Or in Ottawa or Peterborough. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I mean, fine, you've identified some areas, some postal codes that have got a higher uh, level of spread than others. If you want to go into there and do the high risk people, I have no problem with that at all. But just indiscriminately, randomly, whoever can get here that's 18 plus, even if you have no risk whatsoever, you're getting a shot prioritized over someone else i don't like that and then when you come to the rest of the province and say ah fuck you guys we're taking half your vaccines here so that we can get our problem under control Mm -hmm. i understand the frustration from people who don't live in toronto and peel and they don't want to wait any longer than they already do to get a shot it's very frustrating i mean i think if we had more shots maybe this wouldn't be an issue of course it wouldn't Um, but we don't have shots and until then it's got to be fair Uh, Other countries are not sharing with Canada. Other provinces are not sharing with Ontario. Why should other Ontario cities share with Peel and Toronto? Cities that have done the right thing and kept their spread under control. You mentioned it. This is a provincial thing. I I totally disagree with you. I totally disagree with almost everything you're saying, aside from the fact that we have big issues at hand here. And I think no matter what side you stand on this, you know The supply issue is a major issue. It's nothing that we can control, though. So we have to work with what we can control. I am not looking at it like you are at all. It's not about, like, priority as if these people are privileged and above everybody else. It's not that. It's a numbers game. And if you want shit to reopen across this province, I mean, you said it yourself. Their numbers basically helped shut us down, shut the rest of the province down. Did they not? Yeah, we're all shut down now. Fix their fucking numbers so the rest of us can reopen. That's how it works. It doesn't, it doesn't, you can't have your cake and eat it too, where you're getting all the vaccines, but these hotspots will remain hotspots and we can be open. That's not going to be how it works. Until those numbers get better in those hotspots, you sitting in, oh, anywhere else, anywhere, North Bay even, wherever you are, that you, where you're shut down, you're not going to get any better unless we fix these hotspots. So that's exactly where they should go. I am yeah. all for it. I, I don't even have a, a chance at a shot for a very long time, and I'm saying this. And we've said it from the beginning. Get shots in arms. At this point, I don't give a shit. Let's just get a supply, get shots in arms. If you're high risk, chances are you already have your appointment. You already had your first shot. I certainly hope so. But get shots in arms is all I care about. Those hotspots are needed to get better in order for the entire province to run. There are businesses here suffering that don't that wouldn't be suffering if they had the same percentage of numbers that we do, right? So how is it fair that there's hairdressers sitting at home waiting in uh, wherever it might be in London that are just waiting for the numbers in Toronto to get better, basically? And if they never get better, they won't open over there because we know it's going to happen if they just open by area again, by region. They're going to spread it to other regions. There's people who don't give a fuck. And in Toronto, if you want to continue to keep them shut down because their numbers are high, they're just going to travel on over to Barrie or they're going to travel on down to Kitchener or whatever the fuck it is. 
and shop and do all the things they want to do there. We need to get it control across the entire province so everybody can have the same measures in effect provincially, and we ease our health care system and kind of give it an even playing field. That's what it's all about. Let's be clear here. Toronto and Peel have the authority to shut down the spread right now. Dr. Lowe and Dr. Davila, who love, 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 love being on TV, Here's your chance to get on TV some more. If you're seeing workplaces that there's spread coming from, you can shut them down today. You just have to have that that testicular fortitude. Uh, that's probably not the right idea. You got to have the balls to do it. And if you're going to do it, fucking do it. Get your spread under control. In the meantime, I got a real problem with a child care worker in in Brantford or in Haldeman, North Shore having to wait weeks more to get a shot because they're randomly vaccinating anybody that's got the wrong postal code in Brampton. I don't understand why they should have to wait. We're either doing essentials first or we're not. And if we agree that essential means essential, then you have to do the essentials first, wherever they happen to live. COVID is across Ontario. This is not just a Peel and Toronto problem. If it was, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. There's still a lot of cases coming from I'll use Guelph as an example. When this stay-at-home order kicked in, they had 125 active cases. They're close to 700 now. They've gone up that much, like a 500% increase in three to four weeks. To me, that's a problem. And apples to apples, yeah, if you want to use percentages, because you can manipulate any number you want. You can. And if you want to go percentage to percentage, I'd say Guelph is a hot spot. Just as much as Toronto and Peel. And there's a lot of manufacturing and and fulfillment centers and so on and so forth there. Hell, that's where Wish is. There's breweries there. There's all kinds of things going on. How can you tell their workers, yeah, you guys are going to have to wait probably three to four more weeks because we're going to start doing Peel and Toronto as a priority. Sorry, it's not that we don't like you. It's just you're not important enough. I, I think that this is a real political nightmare for the province. The fact that they've been put in this position, I almost wonder if if Bonnie Crombie and Patrick Brown and John Tory should have to register as lobbyists. Again, they're being good to their citizens. They're fighting for their people. But who's fighting for the rest of us here to say, hold on a second here. I'm not waiting a month so that you can vaccinate just about anybody 18 plus in some random postal code in Bolton, Caledon. How would that work, too? I'm looking at the dimensions of Peel region. You mean people in Caledon would be able to get vaccinated faster than people in Orangeville? They're neighbors. I don't understand that either. I mean, the whole thing is just a a crazy idea to me. And I don't envy the premier or the health minister or the people who have to make that decision. But one thing I will point out here is the exact same doctors that are recommending, oh, send 50% of the vaccines to Peel and Toronto. Send them 50%. The exact same fucking doctors that are recommending that are the same doctors that recommended the current rollout that we have. They keep changing their fucking minds, and people just want to know what's going on. They'd like a rough idea of when they're going to get vaccinated, but they won't put a date on it. They won't say in the next couple weeks, in the next month. They won't because there's always this possibility of having to ship half the vaccines to one area. It's crazy to me. It really, really is. Um, I don't know that I changed anybody's minds. I don't know that you changed anybody's minds here, but I'm glad we're talking about it. I think everybody should have these conversations. 
Because there's I, I sent out this tweet yesterday and there was a lot of people who said, nope, fuck you, Scott. You're wrong. We need those shots. Mm-hmm. And there's other people even in Brampton and Mississauga and Toronto saying, uh-uh, that's bullshit. Vaccinate everybody fairly. If Waterloo region is allocated 10,000 shots and Toronto gets 50,000 because of the population, we're not taking 5,000 of those shots away from Waterloo region to do even more in Toronto. Not while we're doing these fucking pop-up clinics where anybody can go in, even if they have no risk, they could be unemployed and live alone and nothing going on. No danger. Mm-hmm. And then get a vaccine before a child care worker or a teacher. Well, to me, s- that just doesn't make sense. Sure. Okay. I don't want to go too deep into it, but I mean, you say, yeah, no danger staying at home, but we don't know that for a fact either. We know that there's people that are going out and will continue to go out and see people that shouldn't be. And I'm okay with the fact that on paper, it might look like they're staying home, but they're actually not, but they're going to go to get the, that vaccine to make sure as long as it keeps the numbers down. I'm okay with it. Those are hot spots for a reason. Fix that. You fix the province or at least make it a little bit better. Nothing's going to fix the province at this point, but at least you make it a little bit better. Got to admit, I'm a little surprised at this. I know that New York is in a great situation now compared to where they were a year ago. In New York, they're reopening indoor dining and schools and all sorts of shit. Good times in America. One of the other things, though, that is opening up is what they call the world's most elite sex club. Sanctum, S-N-C-T-M, Sanctum, in New York City. And they're holding their first big event on May 15th. They say, if you're interested in going to this sex party at this sex club, Mm -hmm. a membership to Sanctum costs $80,000 US per year. Whoa! 80k to join this fucking swinger club okay so this is like high-end shit here it's very epstein you know gotcha. <laughs> i mean i heard about this club and i thought wait a second these rich people are paying 80 grand a year Whoa. to just go in and fuck strangers that that's very epstein to I'd me i'd imagine this is basically you got to sign you got to sign a lot of forms if you're joining this shit right i mean you can't tell people anything about what happens behind the doors of a place that's going to cost you 80 grand a year uh-huh They say their event on May 15th is taking place in a sleek penthouse in Manhattan away from prying eyes. (laughs) That's a new venue for Sanctum, who hopes it will be christened by revelers who can explore their wildest fantasies with orgies, partner swapping and erotic performances. Okay, how do you know what what the person's going in for? Let's say they end up getting... Uh, 20 really rich people that are all in on this party to the penthouse. Up they go. Here we go. What do you, how do you know what everybody wants? I mean, you're mentioning a lot of different things there. I just have so many questions about clubs like this and how it works. The swinger type clubs? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, They say this sleek triplex is discreetly nestled in one of Manhattan's elite neighborhoods. Within its walls, infinite pleasure is always within reach. (laughs) Under the cover of masks, Members are free to observe, explore, and indulge, aiding our devotees in their quest to christen their new home. So it's 80K for the membership and then $500 per event to get into. And that's just for the big events. If it's one of the more intimate events, $8,000 cover charge. Again, that's on top of the $80,000 membership fee. 
To wow. enter the doors of the club, you must be vaccinated and COVID screened. Okay. They say taking these extra steps will allow those in attendance to fully get lost Ooh. in the experience. Yeah, safety first, then fun. Okay, I get it. So you go in there. Do you go in there single or do you go in there with a partner? And if you do go in single, you've thrown the numbers off a little bit. Yeah, I. Th- that's that's true. Mind you, it doesn't uneven doesn't mean no fun. A lot of the three ways will I'm sure take place. But what if you? What if like doors are open at like four? Okay, so it's like oh, a big door opening at four for those who enjoy a little afternoon or after work delight here, and it goes till two a.m. So what if you show up and it's like and there's only a few other people in there and it's like partway through, you know, when you like go to a party and you're. You, you see someone you know, so you're like, ah, oh, hey, you know, Diane's here. I'm going to go over here and say hi. Uh, and, oh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, here I am. And I know you're in the middle of a conversation, but I'm going to just insert myself right in here. And I can <laughs> laugh at jokes. You know, is that is that how it works or is it rude to intrude? Like, I think you have to be invited in. I don't think you can just go and, like, fucking pile on or something like that. I, I don't think it works in? like that. Do they have, like, a physical diving board? Oh, that hole's available. Hang on. I'll fill that up for you. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Now, they do say, much like all other nightclubs, A-list celebrities mm. and those very attractive may be offered a free cover charge. Oh, when they say celebrity, I mean, what are you you're talking about like Ronnie from Jersey Shore and shit like that, right? I don't see any actual A-list celebrities taking part in this, or am I totally wrong here? Well, I don't think you're going to see the fucking Clooney's there or something like that, if that's what you're asking. I, it's probably not A-list. I'd imagine it's probably like C or D-list, people right. that don't mind getting caught there. I don't know. I mean, m- maybe on the high end, you might find like a fucking Snoop Dogg or something there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he's a watcher you, for sure, by the way. He just watches. Uh-huh. And I think you can do that too. You can just sort of walk around and browse like, "Oh, hey, there's a couple fucking right there and huh? there's Ariana Grande. She wants to 69 with you. She's over there and Right, right. People on a pole on the 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 stage and all sorts of shit. Um so we were talking about this a little bit on our FM morning show. And we couldn't go into depth on it. But I did have someone privately message me who's had experience with a club in Toronto. Would you like to hear all about this club? Because I asked so many questions because I was curious how this whole thing works. Yeah, tell me. So we'll just call this person John. So John said you do fill out a list because that's what I was curious about. Like, what if you're into this and then someone approaches you that has, you know, has a dick and you're not into dick or whatever the case is. So you do fill something out and it just makes it perfectly clear. You don't... I don't know if you wear like a sign around your neck or whatever. You know the areas that you're supposed to enter. Let's put it that way. There's different areas in the club. So uh, straight, bi, gay, whatever it is. So you oh, go through this. That's how they do that. Yes. So you go through a list of basically what you're into and what you're not into, and then it will tell you where to go from there. And maybe you're completely open. So let's assume you're completely open here. So John continues. So there's a bar area to chat and dance and also specific play areas. You can play. You can watch, you can go alone or with your partner, or believe it or not, you can just straight up enter the orgy room. So, ah, that answers my question. So that is a free for all. So you can just enter a conversation, if you will, halfway through and just be like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to put my dick here. And you just like come right in and and have at her. 
It's Do you a, have to ask or can you just like pull your dick out and go? I'm sure you need a, a consent. Like maybe there's like a code word like, oh, pineapple, pineapple, come on over here. Oh, she gave me the fucking consent. I'm good. Or he said pineapple. I'm all right. I would imagine you need to make sure there's some kind of a consent. Because even if you enter a club in an orgy room, you still might not be okay with a dick in your butt. Like you still might not want that. You know? <laughs> You might, There's people that don't want that. You might. What? You might not. But you're into all the like you're into everything else. But you don't want to put your your face in a, 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 a vagina. You know what I mean? Like there might be a number of things that you like, but a couple things you don't. So I'm sure there has to be some form of consent to say, "Whoa, hold up." So the one that this person visited said that the price point was not that high, but the quality of people was. I was wondering. Well, if the price point goes down, what's the quality of people? Tell me more. So the one that he went to cost, it was actually, you could pay per year, but it was $500 a year or $60 a couple or $60 a single man, single women free most of the time. Oh. There are. Well, I mean, that's a, you, you need some single women there. Right. Sure. And, and it's like a club, at, club atmosphere. It's so same kind of thing goes. So single ladies, even if you enter with many friends, free because they want you to take part and even if you're watching that's great people like that and they want to have the women there to to bring in some guys too so he said prices would always differ for weekdays and afternoon parties and they did have like nooner parties so he went I'll, i'll read you this directly from john he went in october 2020 during covid i know okay i know but it was allowed to open at this point He says no dancing was allowed at the time because of COVID, but other stuff was. So we sat down and got drinks, shown around as newbies by club management. We mingled. We mostly decided to sit and watch. And we decided we would let happen whatever happened. People were playing amongst themselves on different couches. (laughs) She was like, you picture it, right? Just look around the room. I was like, oh, someone diddling themselves there and diddling themselves there. Okay, fine. That's what the place is for. So we watched a bit. We didn't pay attention at times. We were chatting. Another couple then sat down at the couch directly across from us. Oh, Scott, it's a single. It's a, it's a signal, right? That they're into him. Okay. So we chatted for a couple hours. Then they invited us to the back at midnight. That's when most go to play. Ooh, okay. So it's, hey, you want to go to the back at midnight? That's like, you want to fuck? Like, that's basically what they're asking, right? Or you want to do stuff? Okay. You want to do All stuff? Right. So the back at midnight, guys. We enjoyed some time together. Soft swap only. Do you know what soft swap is? No. So that's, Is that like you can swap, but there's no actual intercourse? Correct. No penetration. Oh, okay. Yeah. So All very right. close, very close. Uh, girls got together first, and then the girls with the opposite partner. It was very relaxed. They were used to it because we were new. They made it feel great for us. We weren't nervous at all. Oh, they were gentle. That's good. Thank you, uh, experienced members. Thank you for that. Uh, We are definitely going back when it's safe to do so. It probably wasn't the safest idea in October, but we did not get sick, thankfully. Okay, so thank you for sharing that. We'll call you John. Thank you for sharing that. How do you make your exit? Like, you know, I, I think about these social <laughs> situations and it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just fucked your wife and and this was fun. Like, do you shake hands and see ya? Do you exchange numbers? How, how does it all work? High five. Hey, yeah, it could be a high job. five. I don't know. Elbow bump. Uh, how, how do you get out of there? Do you just get up and leave? Do you have to say thanks? Thank you. A- anything? Yeah, I mean, in you that clean case. Clean up the cum on the floor? Anything? <laughs> 
For 80000 a year for that club, you better fucking believe they better have a jizz mopper that's doing that for themselves because I ain't cleaning up shit for eighty grand a year. Like the people that mop up a basketball court in between plays if somebody falls on the court. Like, just run in with a big broom and clean up the cum. <laughs> the big fucking squeegee kid's coming through. Watch out! Make way! And, and back to this guy sitting on the couch watching a whole bunch of people diddle themselves. I assume that went somewhere? Like, is it just like the fucking labyrinth of, of fucking cum shooting everywhere? Or is there a place to put it? I, I, yeah, how does that work? buckets, man. They just have cum buckets beside every couch, you know? It's There's like, a bucket? You, you, know, you, know when you, you know when you're like, you sometimes see the polite baseball players and they're chewing tobacco and they spit it into a cup? There's probably like a fun cum cup. This is like a fucking cum cup. It's fine. Okay, well, this is a little different than packing a lip. I mean, fuck me. This is like jizz. Just don't mix it up with your drink, okay? Holy fuck. Like, do you have to ask somebody? Like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to have to come soon. You might want to get out of the way. Like, is there like etiquette to any of this or are you just trying to paint the ceiling? Straight shot. It's coming in hot. Straight shot. I feel like this one's going to be a rope. Stand by, everybody. I don't uh, I don't have those answers. That, I, I didn't ask any further questions. But again, he was, now this person who messaged me was with a partner. So I'm sure it's a totally different experience when you're coming in by yourself and, and, sh- and just shooting. Or if you are with a partner and you want to experience that. I don't know. I don't know. Are you nude? During this, or do you have any clothes on? Like, do you keep your shoes on? Because the floors in clubs are gross to begin with. Like, yeah. you'd at least want, like, flip-flops or Crocs or something on. Like, when you're in the shower at the gym. Yeah. Like, you'd want something <laughs> on your feet. I'd imagine you do go in dressed nice, right? Because you do want to impress whoever you might be wanting to impress. Unless you're the type that goes in and literally just wants to watch and doesn't want anyone to touch you. And maybe you'll have your odd person that does that. But I'm assuming you dress well enough to attract some kind of attention. And and then if you decide to go into the back at midnight, uh, then you can proceed to take off your clothes. How, does the bed, do the linens, is there a bed in the back room? Are there multiple back rooms, I assume? And do the I linens, guess. They, they, the linens must get cleaned often. The same guys, like the squeegee kid does the, squee, does the floors and then cleans the linens in between, I assume. I mean, one would assume. I don't think I'd want to sit on any of the furniture there, though, to be honest with what you. What if I mean, it was God only knows plastic. what's on it. Would you do it if it was covered in plastic or does that make Absol- it worse? Absolutely not. No, I'm not sitting at all. Anything that happens here is going to be standing only. I'm going to put condoms on my feet. <laughs> Fuck. That's awful. <laughs> like, what do you people all live with your parents? What, what are you doing there? Why don't you just put out an ad on, on uh, wherever you put these ads, like Facebook or whatever, and say, just come on over. I'm having an orgy at my place. Then save the 500 bucks and do it at home. <laughs> at least you know the sheets are clean and you can sit on the couch without catching something. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of those happening, too. <laughs> oh, what? what just peruse Craigslist, friends. Peruse it. And on that... We will say thank you very much, you horny bastards. I'm wearing condoms on my feet. Fuck it. <laughs> Honey, get some extra large condoms. Not <laughs> from a pecker, from a feet. Who's that guy that just entered this sex club with a shower cap, gloves, condoms on his feet? What the fuck is going on here? Seriously, like big time PPE for this shit. Scott's going to roll in in a bubble. Just like fucking roll me. Just roll me in. <laughs> Uh, have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of After 9.
CDC data now shows that a growing number of Americans are missing their second scheduled dose of the COVID vaccine. Come on, you got to get multiple shots. The song is this. Not this. Customs officials in Texas recently seized more than $4 million of methamphetamine hidden inside a truck carrying pickles. Your Vlasic bait and switch. (laughs) Due to the pandemic, there's now a nationwide chicken wing shortage. Don't worry, people are taking it in stride until the wings come back. Americans are just dipping their fists directly into the blue cheese dressing. (laughs) The Orlando Sentinel published an op-ed on Friday by a man who claimed he can no longer enjoy Disney World because it's too woke. The man's name, Walt Disney. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.